What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Well, come back, film fans, to a All brand right. new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. After getting out on the bike and going, I realized I can actually hold that so much longer after testing my lung endurance and just getting in shape on the bike that felt good that cardio helps out man it does i've been are you i've never asked you this we're we're about ready to when we move invest in in a peloton mm -hmm. would you ever do that because i always we spin indoors we both have bikes my wife and i um but more often than not we do our riding inside would you do peloton or something like that yeah i weirdly enough when i first started getting into shape again and this was whenever, uh, I'll say four years ago, uh, I ended up going through a move and then I got really serious about not just my diet, but also just a lifestyle change with also working out. And then I was hitting the gym at least every other day or every day. And it felt good, but I actually started on a bike and indoor spinning or trainer because I, it was really cold at the time. It was like around Thanksgiving and I never spent a lot of time on one, but I thought, all right, running at that point had actually, I injured myself a lot and I had a lot of lower back pains. Now I don't have those pains at all, but after getting on the bike, it seemed to cure that and I just stayed with it. And that's why now I'm still keep biking. So yeah, to answer your question, I would do a Peloton. My, my wife loves the classes. What are you saying? Does Lexi have a Peloton? We we have a normal, just like spin bike exercise at the moment, but you can still sign up for Peloton classes. Oh. So she just streams it, watches it, does, you know, the spin at home. We just don't have the bike yet. Now, when you get the bike, you get all sorts of perks and stuff that go along with those classes and you can interact with the trainers and all that. Now, would you say that Lexi is on the bike more than you are? I would say I spend at least three to four days a week. She probably does it more than I do. I, I'm not a huge runner. I don't get enjoyment out of running, but I like to have a ball game, TV show, put some headphones on and spin inside because that, that 45 minutes to an hour goes by quick. Oh, yeah. But I, I like to pair it with weights because I was only doing weights and then realized my cardio blows. <laughs> so Ooh. you got to do something. And that's uh, I think that's just an easy way to to build up that endurance. Yeah. Well, and that too, after talking to several doctors, they just kept recommending recommending to get on a bike, whether it's indoors or outdoors. And so I, I, even though now I'm primarily on a bike outside, the like going inside and using a trainer, I, I still love doing that. But we digress from talking about bikes because that is not what this Quality Check episode is about. Instead, it is a loves-hates episode. And we have three 
topics to begin Loves Hates with the main topic. First and foremost, we will do these three things right away, which is Oscar talk. Have to say as a tease, this year sucked. <laughs> it sucks every year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This one was especially sucky. Uh, after that, we will talk about how Vin Diesel and his crew are now making the bold claim that Fast 9 will save the movies. And then we're going to talk about the ending and the entire season one wrap-up because it'll probably be back for season one or for season two. But the season one wrap-up of Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. And finally, our main loves-hates will be on the brand new Warner Brothers film released on HBO Max and in theaters, Mortal Kombat. And then we'll wrap up this entire episode talking about the last thing that Drew and I have watched. So let's go ahead and dive right into it with Love's Hates on Oscar ratings. Ooh, all-time low. Viewership <laughs> under 10 million for the very first time. I literally <laughs> didn't watch a single second of this garbage. I did not watch it live, but I did watch Daniel Kaluuya's speech, acceptance speech, after the fact. And then that one speech, I'm like, it makes me happy he won. But then while watching, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it though. It is, uh, I woke up and was just seeing all this controversy about how they misled people into believing that Chadwick Boseman was going to win best actor. And I was like, how, how would they have done that? This is the dumbest complaint. <laughs> Little did I know that they literally rearranged the show to end on best actor and then oh. gave it to a person that wasn't even there. Uh, which is just incredible and just sums up what seemingly was a huge waste of three and a half hours. <laughs> oh, wow. But oh, people are like legit, legit pissed off about that. I, you know, it's interesting because a coworker of ours had also asked me, well, what was the reception of Chadwick Boseman not winning? I said, I mean, I haven't heard anything about it, but I also haven't been paying that much attention to not only the Oscars this year, but also Oscar buzz. Outside of the Chadwick Boseman thing ending, well, I don't, I, that's a weird way to end your newscast, I think, or your award show. Sure. And then why would you not do Best Picture last, no matter who's up for Best Actor? Like, yeah. come on, that is just... That makes no sense to begin with. So you you say you love this story about the ratings tanking, but hates the event overall. <laughs> yes, without watching it. <laughs> I can say that I had absolutely no interest in watching it. And, and again, I've only seen two of the, what, eight Best Picture nominees. Right. So it's hard to have a dog in the fight when you just haven't seen anything. You know, it's interesting because for this, the movies that were nominated or the actors or actresses for their respective films, I enjoyed the films. I think each one was uniquely different, at least those that I saw. And I'm glad, I'm actually glad that I watched all of those. But I will say it's interesting because a coworker, once again, going back to the same person who I brought up earlier, had asked, why, why do I not watch? Because I love movies so much. And I said, the reason why is... Truthfully, the artist and those who I really appreciate. Now, that's not for all. That's not 100% accurate. But those who I really appreciate and admire and kind of like see like as being respectful in their craft, they're like snubbed all the time. Like look at John Carpenter, who I think is a freaking genius. 
And you could go down this list of others who I think are just like traditionally like completely ignored. And that could be either for the Oscars or boil it down to the Emmys, whatever. But for this, like they're occasionally like someone or, or someone else that it is up for grabs and I'm genuinely interested or invested in. A good example, Brad Pitt getting supporting actor last year, invested in that. Speaking of hopefully going from a dumpster fire to something that is a car on fire, it's Fast 9. I love <laughs> I love how Vin Diesel released through the Fast 9. Um, actually, it's through Universal. They ended up releasing a Fast 9 clip where it's Vin Diesel driving around, pops out of a car and talks about how it's time to come back to the movies because Fast 9 is here to save us all. Loves or is, hates? Is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and this is the thing. You, you, you know that you're going to have an audience. So, the, I don't know. It's just weird that they waited till movies were doing better. Mm-hmm. And then now they're just going full steam ahead. And, and they're, they have the audacity to say that they are the films that's <laughs> saving theaters. Which is, oh, it's just so stupid to me. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like each movie going forward will end up trying to cling on to that in terms of we save the movies until it's like proven down the road, hindsight 2020, that X movie made so much money and that is the one movie that's like the pinnacle for box office, pa- pandemic box office. But I, it's just like every movie from here on out is obviously going to do better than the last. Yeah. So at what point did we start saving movies? And it's been saved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's so asinine and ridiculous. And for them to go and like shoot that and then tack it on with a few extra scenes and the Fast 9 trailer, I will say the trailer kind of had me more excited weirdly just the trailer by itself but vin diesel popping out of the car and then delivering that line i thought oh my goodness it's i hope they keep that in the movie (laughs) like an actual scene so with that new trailer not even this one but i watched the newest one that came out and i had no idea john cena's playing uh diesel's brother (laughs) yeah this is the dumbest franchise at this point. <laughs> and I love like one through seven, eight. I didn't care for This looks atrocious. I, you know, I need, I, weirdly enough, I need to get into these and I'm tempted to like rent out a movie theater and blow through all of them. Just watch it at home. It, <laughs> there are some, I would say genuinely really good action movies. And then number eight. <laughs> well, I, I've seen one, two, three, hmm, and then parts of five. Yeah, and then, four's okay, five rules. And then, honestly, six is good and seven is awesome. I haven't seen seven. I've seen, I think it's six, parts of six, too. And, like, I have to say, anytime I've watched them, those from just the parts from five and I think six, maybe seven... I was like in it. It was fun. It was it was yeah. definitely one of those that I could see how easy it is for people to like get excited for these movies. But does this make you any more excited for Fast Nine, or does this no. kind of make you want to give it up looks on the franchise? awful? <laughs> I, I, I eight was the point where I was like, we are we have taken this like a step too far, and then this just looks terrible. 
it honestly lost something when they lost Paul Walker. He, he there was something about him that kind of held everything together, and there, there's just that missing ingredient yeah. since he since he died. Honestly, Fur- Furious Seven that's his last one. Uh, I think I've said this before. The ending made me tear up. No joke. Especially when you watch these back to back and you're invested, mm. and you know that's the end of the line for that character. It's it's hard. It was it was honestly hard to watch. I am also interested to watch it because of that reason to see how it was handled. Because even now, I know how they shot it and like what they did to bring that together. But I'm curious, like how it played out in the movie. Because even still today, I don't know. And I'm did intrigued. You s- have you seen the spinoff, the Dwayne Johnson one? Yeah. Okay, and you like that one? It, it was. It felt like it was an hour too long. Yeah, it's it's way too long. But I still I rewatched it, and it's like it's still fun. It's dope. It's dopey fun. <laughs> I just I just freaking love that Vanessa Kirby's in it. Yeah, I, I forgot she's in it. <laughs> <laughs> she plays. You're like Stacey obsessed with her though. She doesn't. She doesn't do much for me. Yeah, I I just there's something about her that I just I think that she's going to be an, the next big. Hollywood star. I just do. It just feels like that. But maybe, maybe I'm just crushing over her and that's all. But nonetheless, what I've seen her in, I'll and like her being in Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, loved it. Yeah. Awesome. I think she's in the next two as well. Or the next one. I don't think they're doing two anymore. Yeah, they're not shooting those back to back anymore, sadly, but count me in. Well, then again, I'm there for Mission Impossible to begin with. But speaking of, oh, by the way, um, I think I said, but I'll just say Fast 9 saves the movies. That's a hates on my part, too. It's the dumbest. It's honestly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Because Vin Diesel just, he's got his head so far up his butt. <laughs> and he the, he releases this stuff as if it's like high art. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you, you look and sound like an idiot right now. I'm, People I'm, will go back when they want to go back. You need to, you need to pump the brakes on yeah. what you think you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's that's so true. And I I think it will be a little while before we start recording. We were talking about that, and I just think it's it's going to take time, and it's not going to be like this urgent. Like twenty twenty one, I think it's still for the most part going to be very kind of shaky ground for the most part for theaters. But oh, I think it's going to do fine. I'm I'm actually pleasantly surprised with some of the box office numbers we've gotten so far. They no. might not be where they would normally be but 22 million dollars for mortal Kombat during the freaking pandemic Woo. Yeah. yeah now that that is something not to necessarily scoff at by any means because that's those are good numbers not necessarily where they want them to be by any means because ideally they want those numbers to be like four to five times that but i mean now that is a good sign however i do think that we are I call it like the moderate level of just how much movies are going to end up making, but the studios will just have to be okay with them making that instead of these like billion dollar temples. But I digress. Moving on to the third loves hates topic. And that is Falcon and winter soldier on Disney plus, although it ended with a very different title. So for those who have not seen it, 
we may end up spoiling some things. So if you have not seen Falcon and Winter Soldier, any episode at all, you may want to skip this section and go right into our Mortal Kombat discussion. But I guess just right off the top, Drew loves, hates Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've done two hates and I hate to do three. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say a very generous loves. This, this is like borderline hates for me though, ultimately. That's so. It's funny you say that because I feel the same way. And earlier when we were talking about that and, and you text me, I thought I'm going to go hates with Falcon and Winter Soldier. But the problem is I boiled it down. I was like looking forward to this maybe toward the bottom of the Disney Plus MCU shows. I was like kind of excited, but not that excited. And it kind of hit where I thought it would hit, but it was just okay, I feel. And for that reason, I'm also going lower level loves, but it's not it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not. I, I feel like this show as a whole had to have been hit hard by COVID. Like it feels like something is not right. And we know that they had to stop because of the pandemic for a while. I think there's been rumors that the plot involved a virus mm. with the Flag Smashers, apparently. And I bet that had to be adjusted. Something, it feels rushed. I feel like we needed another episode to flesh some stuff out. I found some of the stuff to be confusing. Like episode four, we have two episodes left. And I honestly can tell you, and I'm not stupid, I can follow along with the show. But I was confused what the Flag Smashers' goal was going to be. Like, what are they even doing? Yeah. The So it didn't have a great villain. I thought the Zemo stuff was entertaining, but ultimately kind of a waste. Yeah. Um, I liked the the companionship and the, the ultimate friendship between Sam and Bucky. They keep it together especially Anthony Mackie. I think he's fantastic in this. I love mm. the idea of a black Captain America and the idea of how do we view Captain America as a black man? Cause it's going to be different for everybody. And you might not like that because of his race. I think it brings up things that we've never, you know, dealt with in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like with WandaVision, I thought WandaVision started strong and really just nosedived. I didn't think the last episode of this was that great. I did like Wyatt Russell as John Walker. Oh, he's, yeah. kind of, he's such a turd. I still think he's like out of his mind, but by the end of it, I I ended up kind of liking that character. I don't know if I like him sticking around. I'm curious what his future is is in the MCU. I will say the two things that I really liked about the show and one, well, both of those you already cover, but the, the first one is definitely looking at kind of this idea of having a black Captain America. Where are we today? Having some of the discussions that, happen in throughout the entire series and also like finding out about this other more or less uh super soldier that was around the same time as uh steve and his isaiah and we Mm -hmm. look at how different their paths went and that was such an interesting subplot within this that i think really carried that home uh, especially for Sam's story. And I think it was so, so incredible for this show to tackle that and do it head on. And I really enjoyed that. I I, I thought 
that was the strongest point of this show. Yeah, um, I love that too because it's the idea that we're enjoying all of Steve's adventures and we have no idea that there's people in the world watching that going, this is, this actually hurts to see that this person is out there in the world. Yeah, I would like to see more of him. I don't know if we will though. Um, I will say the second thing that I really enjoyed about this is one of the reasons that people hated it or maybe were hate watching it was because of John Walker. I freaking loved, I freaking loved having Wyatt Russell on this. And it was so funny because my girlfriend and I watched the first episode. I kid you not, we skipped the next two weeks and then we watched three episodes in a row and caught up and then we ended up watching the last two on the week to week but for that anytime he was on screen she got so mad <laughs> so mad and she kept like saying some blasphemous things about Goodness. about Wyatt and it made me so mad that she was saying these horrendous things that I felt like I had to stand up for him so I loved that also reading about John Walker and this U.S. agent and what he becomes at the end of this show, I'm anxious to see what happens next for that as well as with Sam and also like Bucky, kind of what happens with him. Is he able to follow this path of redemption? But for John Walker, I'm really curious to see more and how he works into the MCU because I went on and I, I was reading on Marvel and I was really curious to know more about this character because I'm just, I, I'm not well-versed with John Walker and kind of his arc. And it, there was something that stuck out to me and it said, John Walker is what America is, but Steve Rogers is what America aspires to be. And that really stood out and I thought, oh, that's fascinating because I mean, in the case of what would Steve Rogers do if he's facing a, facing a flag smasher and he's got the shield and his best friend was just killed and would he kill the guy? Like, what? how would he react? I don't think he would have killed that person, but he would have felt like killing that person. The Sharon Carter twist mm. was like the dumbest, most obvious thing imaginable. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that. I know they're setting up the scrolls or whatever, where they can, like in Captain Marvel, they can just steal the identity of something. I'm like praying to God that that is what they've done with Sharon Carter. Because <laughs> yeah. they've just like basically done the complete opposite of who that character's ever been yeah. in the history of comics. So the season one of Falcon and Winter Soldier gets a loves, a very low loves from both of us. But I mean, yeah. it's better than WandaVision. I can only hope that Loki just absolutely knocks it out of the park because of the marketing, the trailer for that, that show looks legit crazy good. Yeah. I love the, the Owen Wilson stuff. I think he's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I cannot wait for Owen Wilson, especially like what he's representing. That to me seems like the best that we've seen to me in any kind of MCU teasers in a while. And I'll say that that show of all three so far, that looks the most cinematic. That looks like something you would see in theaters. Not that these necessarily haven't, but that looks that looks like a, a, a Marvel Studios production. Yeah. 
but we got to wait till June, I believe, which kind of blows. Yeah. Well, we get, we get Black Widow and then finally we get Black Widow and then we get uh, Loki. So not, we don't is have that to like wait. The, is that like the following week? Ooh, I think so. But when, so oh, Loki's June 11th, Black Widow is July 9th. Yeah, have, I, that's afterwards. I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hey, off topic real quick. You ever watched the, we, we finally got our first look at Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Real quick, Loves Hates. Have you watched it? I did. I watched it. God, I've watched that preview like 40 times. All right, so you're pumped for it. I cannot wait. I, you know, I just, I, I may need to watch it again, maybe several times, because the first time I'm like, yeah, it's okay. So I'm like right in the middle once again with Loves Hates. It's not, I didn't have an immediate reaction. When I first started it, I'm like, oh, this looks like it's going to be good. And then the second half, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. The first thing I thought was, man, that's, that looks like a Marvel movie. Uh, I'm all in. And it's got, sorry, it's got freaking Ivan Drago's son in it as one of the bad guys. Well, and we've got the Mandarin, the real Mandarin coming out. The real out. Mandarin, finally, which is such a dumb twist that they literally are retroactively changing it <laughs> in the MCU. And it's, Sadly, in what I would argue is the second best MCU film, Iron Man 3. Yeah, I that's such an underrated in terms of how much it's not talked about. But it's interesting you bring that up because that segues perfectly from one combat movie to another. We're on to our main Loves Hates feature in which it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> So Mortal Kombat, the current 2021 version released by Warner Brothers, it, let me, let me tell you the plot of this. And this was based on HBO Max, what the synopsis says. And you tell me. I wondered, I wondered where you got that from, because I'm reading what you wrote. And I said, who wrote this? (laughs) Because it seems so, uh, it seems so marketing speak more than an actual synopsis than anything that whenever I read this, I'm like, huh. Yeah, well, that's a, a human being did not write this. Yeah. It, it definitely seems as if a bot that is just spewing out all Warner Brothers slash HBO love wrote this. All right. So here we go. Plot. An explosive cinematic adventure inspired by the blockbuster video game franchise pits Earth's greatest champions against enemies from Outworld and a high stakes battle for the universe. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it seems so ridiculous that that's the plot on HBO Max. If you go now, I obviously left off the streaming until blah, blah, blah. But this movie was released in the U.S. on Friday, April 23rd on HBO Max and theatrically. It was written, actually, let me get to the story first, by Oren Uzel and Greg Russo, also written by Greg Russo and Dave Callahan. Directed by Simon McQuad, first-time director, by the way. So for the actors, the one major actor uh, who's been in a ton of movies from Wolverine, Sunshine, and has just made 
rounds that you've you've seen this actor in a ton of stuff. He ended up playing Scorpion in this movie. And it's Yuriyoka Senada. He has once again been uh he's he's a huge actor. He's uh plays a role that was kind of downplayed in this movie, but they kind of pulled a Godzilla with Brian Cranston with him in this movie, where in the very beginning he's in it. And then he's gone. So major spoilers ahead for Mortal Kombat 2 because we'll end up talking about uh, a few things that will give away major plot points, I'm sure. But let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Loves hates this movie, Drew. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, but I did- told you going into this thing, I said it looks like garbage. <laughs> um, I have no real connection to the video game. I remember playing the video game. I didn't know the games had a plot. Apparently they do, or at some point created one. Uh, this movie's god awful, though. <laughs> you know, I had to go strangely enough with loves because I mean, my god, this thing is like two hours long. I, I wanted to die about forty-five minutes into it. <laughs> I here's the thing: this movie, just like with Godzilla versus Kong, I had an idea of what to expect going into it, got exactly that, and I was okay with it. It's one of those movies that I was not really expecting much of a story. I really just wanted to watch some, I guess, high-budget, kind of a B-movie, but just a high-budget slash just gory-type action-adventure. That's what we got. We got. Did um, we get that? I like. I don't even think this movie looked that good. We, so we. I think we ended up getting that in the first half, or how about this? The first quarter, and then the last quarter, the midsection half of this movie, from basically the second quarter to third quarter. It kind. It's lacking. I, I, could, I didn't follow that. I didn't follow anything you just said. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to break this down because originally you have a movie that is broken down ideally into three acts. This movie did not feel that way. It's where instead of three acts, we've got quarters. So the first 25% and last 25% of the movie is action heavy. And so then half of it. Yeah. And then the other half, the middle part is not. And it builds to like a story. And I was worried about it losing me, but... Weirdly enough, maybe it was just the fact of coming out of a really long day and I ended up watching that. It's kind of like a, I literally turned my, I sat back, turned my brain off, and I actually had a ton of fun watching it. And it's not going to be a movie that I think I will end up like wanting to buy by any means, but it's definitely, I would consider it to be a guilty pleasure. I think one issue I have with this, and it's something a lot of people have mentioned, there is no tournament. This is the setup to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading today, I think Simon McCoy, who directed this, said, or uh, it might have been one of the writers. But he said the idea was always you set up the tournament in, in movie one, the tournament is in movie two, and then the aftermath is tournament three. Mm. Which I suppose is kind of interesting, but then we're introducing major characters from this universe in this film, killing them off. <laughs> Seems a little too early to do that. Uh, I always, I also think planning too far ahead is risky because if this movie bombs, we're not going to get the second one, which means we get no tournament. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I didn't care for that. I, I didn't think the movie looked that great. Uh, one issue I do have, there's like no color in this film. We go to Outworld yeah. and it's just, it's just an awful, crappy looking world. The acting in this is not great. I didn't think the, the action scenes were that great. Now, I will say the action scenes were cut together in such a jarring way that I don't think I've seen in a while. And hmm, I didn't notice that. It's it was just so it was fast cuts and there I wish that the fight scenes had more time to breathe. And it just seemed like they didn't. And that that weirdly enough, that was one thing for me while watching it, it was fine. I, I didn't I didn't mind it, but looking back on it, because I went back to rewatch a fight scene, I'm like, oh, that's like when I first saw it, it didn't seem that way, but rewatching it, it kind of takes on a whole nother, like, I'm not going to say meaning, but it just came off totally different on the second watch. So that makes me wonder about the rewatchability for this movie. Now I've only seen, I rewatched one fight scene and that was it. And then I'm like to go back and rewatch this, but I also want to go back and rewatch Godzilla versus Kong. And now you say that you haven't really thought much about that movie, right? No, and I'm not going to think any more about this. Oh. The intro in 17th century Japan is a pretty decent start. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, how long is this freaking introduction? And it's like 15 minutes long. Too long. Warner Brothers released, well, Warner Brothers or HBO both, technically. They released the first seven minutes on YouTube before this movie came out. Do you think so that where was... Does it, where does it stop? in that scene because again question. this goes on for like 10 to 15 minutes i i think that it goes until the end of that fight scene when he's defeated but let me see because i don't know if because that gives away a ton as you mentioned now this movie ended up making 22 million dollars in the box office a movie that was released simultaneously online and in theaters that's huge and i don't know how they determine this in terms of how long you watch a film but it says uh it was watched by 3.8 million us households which is better than than uh, godzilla versus kong yeah yeah that's that's really I don't know. Not hard to believe, but so I just found that the uh, fight scene that was released it stops as they get ready to fight. Oh, of course. And you just gotta you gotta shell out some bucks to see that. Um, the interesting thing here is, I think the best part of this, the Rotten Tomatoes game follow up <laughs> for this movie. Now I'm just before before giving out the actual score. I think I'll end up giving yours and then mine and then the final score. What it is right now today, I'm recording. So, Drew, you guessed 18%. I said 55%. <laughs> oh, boy. The actual Rotten Tomatoes score right now from critics, 56%. That's insanity. It's nuts because I was just 1% away and I'm going to check it again right now just to see if it's gone down. Because when I saw that, I'm like, what? That's like the best I've done in a long time. I'm coming back, baby. Oh, I, okay. I stand corrected. It has now dropped to 54%. 
Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a big that's a big win for you. Yeah, fifty four percent right now. So earlier today, when I when I was putting uh, put together uh, some of this information, I uh, saw that it was sitting at fifty six. But yeah, still one percent away, and a thousand dollars richer. <laughs> oh, geez. Ooh. So any anything else you want to say about Mortal Kombat? Somehow I'm still kind of intrigued by a sequel. We'll get that and though. sing. We'll right. get it, and we'll get Johnny Cage, and and we can all go see that in theaters together. And hopefully, Johnny Cage is played by none other than Nicholas Cage. I feel like one thing, not to disrespect anybody in this film, you, you we need like a big name actor, and you got to get that for Johnny Cage. I don't know who you get, but there's got to be. There's got to be someone you can find that is going to get someone like me who's on the fence to go, oh, you know what? I might check that movie out. You know, I was a little surprised that we didn't have, especially like Sonya Blade or someone else who did end up being kind of that that other like big, big name star, like an Ayla star. Uh, but even if you, like how Scorpion was brought in then like disappear and then came back at the very end. It's one of those. Um, I kind of wonder if they'll end up doing that in the next in the sequel or sequels. But we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see Mortal Kombat two next year. God, if that movie comes out next year, <laughs> something's not right. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up our loves hate section. Let's now jump to the last thing and talk about the final thing that we watched and want to talk about. Drew, what's yours? Uh, the last movie I watched is uh, uh, the 1996 comedy Black Sheep starring Chris Farley Ooh. and David Spade. I thought, I think it was Saturday morning, I asked my wife, I go, do you want to watch Black Sheep? And she'd never seen it, but she loves Tommy Boy. And I've seen it a million times and we watched it and she hated it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she thought it was bad. Like super bad. So- I was entertained by it. Black Sheep or Tommy Boy? Well, you know, what's funny is before watching this again, I go, there was always, you know, this debate because they're basically the same film. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. you could maybe make the argument that you think Black Sheep is better. No, there's no way. Tommy Boy is like a million times better. But I still (laughs) I still think Black Sheep has a lot of funny moments. I've just been in like barreling through all these Eddie Murphy comedies. I just did Beverly Hills one through three. Loves. I did trading places the other day. Oh, for the first time. Uh, first time, never seen it. And that was pretty funny. Uh, I watched the 1996 comedy mortal Kombat before this new one. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that was somehow worse than this new version. <laughs> and uh, I think the last new movie I saw, I know I'm going through a lot, but I, I watched uh, nobody, which came out earlier. Oh, this year. loves hard. It was good. It was definitely something that doesn't necessarily add anything to what's been done before. You know, mm-hmm. that movie's been done before. But uh, yeah, Odenkirk rules. So the last thing for me is something that I know you were excited about. And it is now uh, just past its sixth episode on Disney+. Plus. Ooh. And it's the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Seriously, you're watching that? Yeah. Why? I wanted to see what it would end up living up to. Okay. And I've been, it's so fascinating because I feel like I'm watching 
a Disney Channel show <laughs> take on the Mighty Ducks. Is it bad? <laughs> I need to watch it. Oh my I gosh. I want to watch it, but is it terrible? Um, have you seen any of it? I haven't. No, I, I, I watched those first three films leading, you know, kind of leading into it. And uh, I was just going to wait till it's done. Now, did uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you were excited for it or like looking yeah, forward yeah, to it? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it for sure. It is, um, it's fun. I will say that it's fun. Weirdly enough, it's almost like kind of the, the G version of Mortal Kombat where I know every single time I turn it on, I can like, tune out but have fun with it it's exactly that and it's kind of like every week 30 minutes of zen while getting a little bit of coach bombay in there it's just it's kind of a guilty pleasure and weirdly enough like it just brings a smile to my face but it's bad (laughs) is it is it really aimed at kids like young kids yes yeah my concern is i'm going to be this like 35 year old creep watching it because he wants to see Gordon Bombay. Yeah. I, I kind of feel uh, a little pervy watching it because like, at least with me, I had like, I'm watching with my girlfriend and that's been one of those shows that coupled with Falcon and winter soldier that we would watch. But we would like, she, she is like, in her opinion, this is one of the greatest shows. And that surprises me, <laughs> kind Jeez. of. But, like, she finds such enjoyment and enlightenment out of it. I mean, I love that it's so uh, almost, I'm not going to say childish, but it's definitely aimed at, like, teens. And it's a show, though, that I like. I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy week to week, but... I hadn't heard from you about it. And there was one, t- I think it was like episode two and I almost texted you like, no, nah, I'm going to wait and bring this up during a podcast and just see what you think about it. The show is definitely like next generation. That's the best way I can describe it without giving much away. I I do enjoy it, but um, I really, I'm curious how I'll feel after it's over. Like if I'll want to return to it or not. But right now, it's like I said, it's kind of like a week weekly guilty pleasure. Just it's a fun uh, sit back and and just and enjoy kind of a fan. It's such a family related show. I think it would make it better if like I was watching like you had your family there. But um, it's 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 fun. I'll say that much. But that is it, film fans. Thanks for joining us. Join us next week when we cover May Pickums as well as the new hunk Michael B. Jordan's film, Without Remorse. We're talking about those two things. And until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.